Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Rhino Show podcast. Listen, I should start calling the show the home of the soulful currency account because we help you level up your life, uh, not only personally, but also professionally. And, you know, I really got to say that amidst the current, current climate in the world, people got to invest in themselves in a massive way. And so we have a treat for you today. Uh, we have uh, a, a dynamic, I'll call her a dynamic, evocative, um, just go getter, no bullshit person. Her name is Jennifer Cohen. If you've not heard of her, she's a best-selling author, brand strategist, international speaker, podcaster, educator, uh, barbell lifter, squat doer, doer of all things. Welcome to the show and welcome home, Jen. Thank you, Ryan. So nice. What a great intro and your uh, energy and enthusiasm is is infectious. I appreciate that. Listen, first of all, do you prefer be, being called Jen or Jennifer? I, I like to always ask people this because I know it sometimes is a big thing. <laughs> oh, I don't care. Whatever. I'm fine with either. I don't get like caught up in those types of small details. I love that. Jen, okay, here's, I want to start. I want to know what happened in your life that was extremely painful um, that really just gave you this insatiable edge and i like to call it savage servant where you are so brutal in your mission and really trying to help those around you and also become the best version of yourself that i just feel like sometimes i can't happen by just saying i want to there's like a, a a painful traumatic nuts thing in your life that just woke up the beast and you started pulling that rocket feel into your passion was there anything in the come up of jennifer cohen as a child or anything that really propelled you onto this path that you're on now. Uh, wow, you like you really go for the jugular right at the beginning, right? You don't <laughs> ease into any questions over there. Um, that's funny. Uh, well, I don't, you know, I don't think necessarily it was something uh, any more traumatic, so to speak, than anybody else. I think at some point when I was younger, I kind of maybe had a lot of insecurity. I didn't think I was smart or mm. pretty or. Um, I should I should actually say smart enough, pretty enough, talented enough. Mm. Um, and so, you know, what I did was, you know, you can double down or you could sit there and feel sorry for yourself or you can double down and then basically prove yourself otherwise. And so mm. I chose I, I, I chose the latter. Mm. And what I found out really early on in my life, very early on, is that nobody feels that they're enough of anything usually it's really mm. just a matter of doing whatever it is to you know i believe in like building self-esteem and self-confidence is through practice mm. and through it's a skill like mm. anything else and you have to work that skill and the way you work it is to follow through on certain things to create small wins for yourself and so really early on I started to do that and I started to put myself in situations where I would be very relentless and tenacious and tenacious and go after mm. certain things really early on. And mm. then I would see success in it. And that built a, a, a building block for six, for my confidence and my self-esteem. And I kept on going and I truly just ended up just turning myself into the person I envisioned mm. I wanted to be versus expecting and assuming that I was created that way. Mm. It's it's really interesting because you, you look at hysteria, you know, I, I, I 
you know, I coach uh, a lot of people and it's the number one thing, you know, we always seem to go back to is their childhood and their upbringing and, and, you know, the lack of, and I, and I always tell people like, if it's hysterical, it's historical because when people overreact or, or bring something from their past, you notice that there's a level of hysteria around it. Like they almost double down on that is the only way for you. Can you remember? Let me say something to that. Can sure. I say something to that? Please. I, Please. I'm not okay. I'm not someone who believes a lot. Like I think that um, a, lo a lot of times people use whatever happened to them in their past as a crutch for not mm. moving further and mm. taking their life in a certain direction. And I, I'm not a believer in that. Like, I think that, you know, you have to, what happened in the past happened in the past. And it's really the, the onus is on the person to steer their life in the direction they want and they can use it as fuel or they can use it as, as, like I said, as, as they can have a victim mentality, but that doesn't get you very far. And it's really about reframing how you think about that. And that will change the entire trajectory of your life. How does somebody do that? What do you, what do you say to that person that says, you know, victims are the best recruiters in the world. It is a choice. How do we, how do we, how do, how does somebody identify I that they're in that mind frame? How does somebody well, identify most people I, I are living, most people are living on, on autopilot. Let's be honest. Like they're, you know, their subconscious is such a powerful portion of your brain. Like I'm obsessed with neuroscience, right? It's really interesting how the brain works. And I, I know you've had yeah. lots of guests that speak to that. Um, how, how, do, how are they aware of that? What's a sign that they're in that, you know, mind frame? So I wrote a whole book called Bigger, Better, Bolder on this whole mm. idea, right? That most of us acquiesce to what's available and most of us accept good enough as opposed to really designing and curating the life we want. That is what most people do, right? Mm, Very mm. few people actually go after what they want. And the simplest thing I say to people is, you know, it becomes, it comes down to there's no real, there's no real algorithm or, or, you know, Morse code to this. It's simply, at, it's basically like asking for what you want, right? And accept mm. and not accepting good enough and not accepting not accepting just what's available. And what I say, mm. how do you make that? How do you how do you tell when you're doing this? Well, you can tell by if there's if you're passionate about what you're doing, if you're bored, if you're um, unhealthy. I think before you get into mindset, how are you taking care of your health? Right. Mm. Health becomes before mindset, mm. because if you take care of your health, physical health, physical strength correlates to mental strength mm. and confidence that they're very, mm. very closely tied. And so I think if you're if you are letting yourself go, if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not taking care of your your physical health, um, then most likely you're not taking care of your mental health. That's a big sign. Um, the people you surround yourself with, are they bringing you up or are they take or are you, are they taking you down? We're all a, a, a product of the five people we, um, kind of surround ourselves with, right? So are they elevating mm. you or not? Like they're, they're, these are like little, not little things. These are things are, these are signs of what you're doing. Are you spending so much time on social media that you're comparing yourself to every Tom, Dick and Harry on there? That's also a bad sign. Huge. So these are behaviors that like you should be stopping in your tracks and like thinking to yourself, hmm, if this sounds like me, maybe I reverse engineer this. Mm. Mm, I like that. 
Soulful currency. I came up with this concept. It's a five pillar. So people are obsessed with money a lot of the time, right? When they start something, it's kind of, you know, a lot of people do say, hey, you know, how much money can I make? So for me, I say, okay, you got the vibe currency. So Jen's got, you got the vibe. I mean, I like, I like all everything that you do. You got the vibe. You got the urbanness to you. Then you got the family. I think that's important, right? Then you got your mental. Then you got your physical. And then you have your monetary, right? So, so five pillars. Would you say that you deposit in all five pillars each day in your life? If we were to think about it as like a checking account, would you say you deposit in those? Or is there any other pillars you would add into that? No, I don't. I mean, listen, I think real, realistically speaking, I don't think anybody can deposit into every single one of those pillars every single day. There are going to be mm. times when you're going to be very deficient in some areas and mm. dominate in other areas. But the, I guess for what, from what your, what your, um, how you kind of, how you kind of, kind of put it together, as long as at the end of the day, it kind of nets, it kind of nets, nets or Ooh. comes out somewhat even, yes. right? Like some weeks are going to be, you're going to be like, I know for me, some weeks I'm going to be really, really, uh, hardcore on business and I'm going to not be giving enough to my kids. And I, mm. and I, and then some other weeks I have to do certain things for my kids where I'm not going to be available for work. But I think a couple things, I think you got to give yourself grace. I think that's the first thing because nobody's perfect. And if anyone yes. tells you that they're, they're depositing in all, in all buckets at all times are lying to you. Yep. And then, and then, right. And then the second thing is, I don't think there is such a thing as balance. I think there are certain times in your life mm. where you're going to be doing certain things you're, to, in order to like build a business, you're going to be giving all your effort into business and like your, your social life will be lacking and your, 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 your personal relationships will mm. be lacking. And then mm. there'll be times when like you have that and then like you are lonely because of it. I mean, like, I, I, I guess don't think that nothing is a, that nothing is a, an all sum game like that. And I think the problem is we look at social media and we believe that people are living their best life every day when people forget that a lot of times it's like a snippet, like 2% of what's really mm. happening in their life. They're posting the best yeah. pieces of their life. Yes. And we can yes. really kind of put ourselves in a bad place when we start doing that, looking at that. <laughs> it's it's funny because I, I don't believe in balance either. And I and the reason I say the social currency counts because I think there should be room for flex. But I think that, you know, when we look at people a lot of the time, it's like when somebody says to me, like, I want to make a daily goal. I'm not really a big fan of daily goals, to be honest with you. And the reason I say it is, what if you had a bad day? What if your child was sick? What if, you know, but I, I like weekly goals because I always say, OK, well, maybe you didn't get there on Monday. It's kind of like going to the gym. If you say, hey, I want to work out three to five times a week. That's my goal over the course of a month. Well, I know that there's some flex room because the biggest way people completely smash their self-confidence is they start just busting themselves up. And I always say, look, forgive yourself first, then make a small little promise and commit to that. And I assure you over the course of time, your self-confidence will, will arise. So what is, what is the struggle for you? You know, if we were to use the soulful currency account analogy, what would be a struggle that Jen Cohen has that's kind of motivated you to get better at, but then also serve your audience and serve your people better? Well, I think the I think what's been you mean in terms of my struggle, I think the balance. I think the truth of the matter is like I'm such a hustler by nature. I'm super driven, yeah, yeah. right, and I'm super driven and motivated. 
that sometimes I really do have this tunnel vision and I can forget about my social life. I forget, I can forget about the fact that I have a husband and family and all these things, right? Because I get so, uh, I get so myopic in what I'm trying to do, right? Yep. And um, I think that's with any entrepreneur. I think a lot yes. of entrepreneurs struggle with that. And I think that that's a work in progress. And I, I don't think that, I, I mean, I, I'm cognizant of it. Um, and I'm try. I try to get better, but like, I mean, am I great at it? Probably not. Um, so I think that's a struggle. I think some certain things to me though, are like non-negotiables, mm. um, to keep me on point. And I'm a big person in habit. I'm a big person in, in building really strong, healthy habits to make you productive, efficient, um, healthy, strong, all, all the things. Right. And so I don't, cause I think that if we, if we have the habits and that we stick to those habits and routines, it gives us our best shot at being the best version of ourselves. So but I think non-nego, I, I really think that people should, if they're listening to this podcast, I think a great step in the right direction is building them, creating habits and rituals that will put you in the best place for success. Ooh. So for me, I always go back to exercise because mm. for exercise for me isn't about necessarily exercise, but for me, it's a, it gets my mind right. The folk, the focus, you know, Ooh. the cognitive benefits. Like if I'm not exercise, if I don't exercise in that day, I am sluggish. My brain isn't as alert. Yes. And I'm not as like, you know, right? and I, I don't feel as I, I lack luster and like I lack energy. Mm. And I feel like working out, it gives me extra energy. People think you need energy to get, you know, to have to work out. And that's not true. I believe mm. that energy begets energy and it puts my mind right. And once I do something for myself, I feel more, I feel better. And so then I'm giving the world a better version of myself. So I think something like that is a habit really, again, it really helps people uh, conquer what they're trying to conquer, both personally and professionally. I just like people like you, you know, the entrepreneurial go getter. You know, I'm in that group, too. I'm, I I, I really wave my weird flag proud. I mean, we are weird fucking individuals when you really think about it because you're obsessed and you like exercise. I think, you know, first thing in the morning, it's really great because, you know, it's a it's a brain regenerative, you know, exercise, which means that you're repairing your brain, your dead brain cells from the previous day's work and giving yourself new ones. Now, do you think it's about how much somebody works, the hours or the quality of work? Quality, in the day? For sure. You, there's a big difference between being busy and being effective. You know, I know a yes. lot of people who are busy 18 hours a day, but they're getting zero done. They're getting nothing done. They're, they're wasting their time. I think it's about learning how to be efficient with your time. Um, and you know, you can, I, I mean, the truth of the matter is, and there's something to be said for this, right? Like if you want something done, give it to a busy person. And a lot of times, because sometimes a busy person, like a work, I, I think like a, a, a mom is a, like a working mom is probably the most efficient person on the planet because they've, they have to learn how to be as efficient as possible. When you have kids, it puts you on a whole different, <laughs> you know, playing Yes. Right. So I know my my colleagues or my you know, my my colleagues actually that are 
working moms are way more efficient and productive in four hours than people I know who have no kids and who are working 12 hour days. So it's that to me is uh, a really, that to me is a big thing because I think that we can waste a lot of time going down rabbit holes, um, focusing on the minutia of things, not paying attention to the big goals. Like really a great, a, a great tip for people is in, in the first thing in the more, after you work out or exercise that you should be trying to get knocking out the biggest thing on your, on mm. your agenda. First mm. thing, mm. because if you don't, it's not going to get done. And mm. in the morning, you, your brain is the most efficient as you go out on and on through the day. You get like you you get more tired. You're not as sharp. You're not as mm. fluid. Mm. So like there's certain things that I've I've kind of like habit stacked certain things in my life. Mm. Yeah. So I can like at least put myself in a, a the greatest place to to win. I'm still what not winning 100 percent all the time, but at least I try. What are you trying to do, Jen? What are you trying to do in your life? Like what are you trying to do? What's the mission? What's the cause? It depends. It depends. Like I'm trying to save the world right now. No, I, I feel like, you know, I do a lot of things. And so I don't ever want to, I never, people always say to me, like, what do you do? And I'm like, you know what? I'm like a smorgasbord of a lot of things because I don't believe in pigeonholing myself and other mm. people should like, you know, for a long time, I feel like people put them, people put themselves or other people put them in these boxes like oh if i'm a fitness person that does oh. that mean i can only do a squat and a lunge yes mm, that's not true yes like i you know what i mean i believe we're multifaceted and yes we all have a lot of transferable skills you know like if i i've i can i was in the music business and i learned a, a lot about different things in the music world that i can transfer into the health and wellness world and i mm. learned a lot a lot of things in the health and wellness space that i can now transfer into the leadership personal development space i feel like don't don't self-reject yourself right it's so easy there's so much rejection outside of yourself don't self-reject be open and don't pigeonhole yourself if you feel like you want to do something or you can be good at something or you have an interest in something try it mm. and you know see how it goes and the best things that i always say is like naivety is a strength right the less mm. you know the better you're going to be at it um and so when someone when you say to me what do i do okay well i'm a podcaster you know that um what else do i do i also am a brand strategist no i, I, I know I, I know no jen i know all that oh I no not know. you not you not oh, you i'm saying oh, in oh, general yeah. yeah i'm saying what i'm saying is like but that's like a sliver of what I do, right? I oversee and advise 15 companies. I've yes. started companies, I've sold companies, and not because I knew what the hell I was doing, but I like knew enough. And then I I like kind of leaned really heavy on my strengths. And then the things that I know I'm bad at, I'll get people to, I'll delegate. So I think one thing is being very self-aware and knowing what you're good at, what you're bad at, and then really leaning on on those good things and then you can always figure it out you can always find somebody to help you with the things you're bad at i have two questions for you i meet you at a grocery store and i say oh my god you got so much energy what what do you do but you got to tell me in like 16 seconds like what the hell do you do you got a whole vibe around you i know there's something magical going on in your world what do you do what would you say um i think that what i do is i'm a really good now, I'm a really good connector. I'm good at connecting dots very quickly. 
Mm. I'm good at like seeing opportunities mm. from a high level Ooh. and then working myself, working myself down. So like if I'm talking to somebody and they're telling me their dreams and what they want to do really quickly, I can, I get, I get a very good understanding and I know how to connect dots for them. Well, then you should talk to this person. You should be doing mm. this. Like I'm very good at like mm. figuring out that piece of it mm. and then connecting dots with people. And I think Ooh. that is a skill that is usually people undervalue it. They think, well, it's not, it's not, it doesn't really, and there's a lot of people who are really good at that and they're not like, they're not maximizing or they're not, they're, they're just not leveraging it as well as they should. And then there are people, by the way, who are bad at that, but really good at math. You know you what know, I mean? Like, you know, let, let's talk about relationship leveraging. Cause I, you, I, honestly, I can tell that about you, and I, I would almost call you like a an expert relationship broker, but not in the sense of like romantic, more on just really connecting different personalities and people out there. That is a really big skill, okay? And I think there's an art to it. I think there's a definitely a, a pedigree of naturalness to it, but then there, I think there's somewhat learned. What do you say to somebody that says, Jen, you know, I talked to all these people, but I don't know if I'm leveraging these these relationships because, you know, I don't want to annoy them or I don't want to come across as like needy or, you know, like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of showing up to their door with my hand out. What do you say to that? Cause the, like, I mean, there's a lot of people out there like that. Yeah. Well, I think for the first thing is, well, I believe that, I think that it's interesting. I think you can acquire a lot of relationships and contacts over time but you can't be somebody who has a contact and then uh, basically has this relationship, not talk to them for two, three years, and then Ooh. call them and ask for something. That's Ooh. not, to me, that's like a terrible, that's like, that's like uh, on the what not to do list, on the, on the one, uh, what not to do Ooh. side of the piece of paper. Ooh. I believe you, a couple things. I believe Ooh. that you foster, like real relationships need fostering and care, mm. like anything in life. Whatever mm. you water is going to grow. Mm -hmm. Whatever you don't will like basically, basically rot and, you know, base and just die. So I think it's really important to, to, to make people understand the best. The first thing is, is checking in on people periodically and always leading with how you can be of service. So to me, I never ask anybody for anything. Mm. Unless I've been able to be of, of service, help, of, of, be of assistance, or create a genuine connection. Mm. There's a big difference, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. it, is a, it is an art. I don't think it's about, like, I like wrote a whole book on this, right? On, like, how to be bold. And what I, a big, big question I always get from people is, like, well, if you're bold and just asking for what you want all the time, won't you come across, like, abrasive and harsh and whatever? I'm like... <laughs> Well, you know what? Like, if you are abrasive and harsh, yes. But if you are, if you are somebody who leads with how you can be of service and how you can help them and create true connection by like life experience of experience, you're not going to build a relationship if you spend zero time with them, never talk to them. Like, pick up a phone and make a phone call. Pick up a phone. I know it's a very weird thing to think of. Jen, have you have you right? have you ever heard of the podcast called Drink Champs? It's like a hip hop podcast. Uh, Miami, uh, do you do you do you listen no, to hip hop music no. at all? Okay, anyways, like Nori, you you name it. I mean, we're talking Drake to 
um, Noriega to Pete. They've all been on the show, but it's hosted by Noriega and, and DJ EFN. And they're they're pioneers in the hip hop industry. But I know who they are. Believe me. Yeah. What, I, I, used, I used to work for BMG Music. That was my yeah. first real gig. Yeah. And I create, I, I used to work on Noriega's album. And I used to oh. work on all of these albums. Okay. Body by Nature, Noriega. Yes. Like everything. Believe me. Yes. You're not. I yes. love how you're talking to me like I'm 107. Okay, no, go on. no, not at all. I just, I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to assume. But I know. listen, I'm just when I, you, yeah, when I, when I, when I, <laughs> when I talk to them, I said, look, because they were they were on the show, and I said, hey, how the hell do you control all these people hitting you up in the DMs? Because that's an art, and you know, I like what DJFN said. He says, man, there's a difference between being annoying as hell, and then he said, polite persistence. But one thing he said was, if you hit me up in the DM, when I go to your profile or wherever you want me to go, make sure your shit looks good. Like, make don't give me some yeah. janky, dusty, you know, watered down crap. Like, give me something that I can look at because it's just going to be kind of an instant like, well, thanks for reaching out. But, you know, next time. Right. What do you think about right. the check in? You're go ahead. Sorry. No, no, please continue. Continue. Well, I'm going back to this because I think it's going to be a, a social clip that we're going to promote because the relationship and watering it and checking in and, and kind of doing that, I feel this is where a lot of the people suffer, where they're just like, OK, I talked to Jen. How can I be of service to Jen? Now, I can't just send you a message and say, Jen, is there a problem that I can solve for you today? <laughs> because no, you're right. I, I agree. You can't do Well, you can, but you may not get a response in the sense that I don't know. But I think people usually underestimate their abilities and overestimate other people's and i believe like if you like for example we all have a pain point my pain point is i don't have enough help um i'm struggling on lots of different areas right mm. and so and i think that like the people who i respond i, I think that like people uh, people don't think if they aren't quote unquote as successful as the other person that they're contacting they feel that they don't have they don't add value which is so untrue because all these quote unquote successful people are usually like in disarray and they need help in oh some God. area or another. Oh my so God. you you should be offering some service to help like whatever you're good at. Like if you're great at social media content creation, be like, hey, you know what? Like I'm noticing like, you know, you're posting a lot, blah, blah, blah. But maybe I was just, you know, check wondering like I do, I, I love, I love creating reels for people and for myself. Would you potentially? Do you want me to give you a hand on making some content with you? Or like, okay, hey, let, you know, let's like let's let's unpack what you just said though. And by the way, this whole topic is something you should talk about on your show because I'll tell you right now, in the whole podcast community in the whole world, this particular subject is so big, but it's so not talked about. Have you heard of you heard of Chris Voss, FBI hostage negotiator? Have you had him on your show? Yes, I have. Okay, okay, right. What is he? So what does he say? Right. You know, if somebody goes to you, you know, use the sentence, you know, have you given up on labels? You know, it seems like looks like feels like sounds like. Right. But one thing I like to I asked, so I said, look, if somebody wants to immediately give you value and they don't know who the hell you are and they only got, I don't know, 500 followers, not that I'm saying that equates to your self-worth or value. But on today's world, sometimes we equate that basically saying if this person's viewing themselves as less than the other person, which is what you kind of said in, in the sense, how do you provide that other person with maximum value that you feel is more seasoned than you. And he said, well, when you first approach me, don't ask me if I, you can create a reel for me. Take the fucking footage that's all on the internet 
and send me the fucking reel. Because instantly, instantly, the person is going to say, even if the reel fucking sucks, you are literally going to look at it and say, oh, my God, this person didn't even ask me what my problem was. They showed up with a solution. You're like the level. I I do agree with him. Right. I do agree with that. I do. I mean, listen, the thing is, it's about taking the initiative, right? But what if that's not someone's pain point? Yes, right? Like, yes. You know, like, what if they don't care about the real? Yeah. Right? Like, what if they're like, nah, actually, I'm fine with that. Like, sorry, you know, see ya. Maybe, like, there's always, like, I think that you have to maybe, if you don't know somebody, you can, t- it's hard to take the initiative in one direction or, or another. But 100%. I guess, you, again, it, it comes down to self, what, taking what your skill set is, to some capacity, and then letting that person see how you could be of service. Now, um, you know, I very hard because it's a wild, wild west, right? A lot of times you don't even see this stuff to some people, or it still gets lost in the shuffle. Um, but I do believe there is something to be said with that gent, like that, that like non-annoying persistence, right? Where you check in every so often like you make a calendar like okay every six weeks i'm going to ring this person like having some kind of consistency a a great example is uh of taking initiative i was going to just kind of go along with what you were saying is this guy wanted to be on my podcast and instead of just doing what everybody does it's like throwing in a pitch right yeah he like made a video of all like he made a video of like, like all the reasons why he should be (laughs) <laughs> right. And like bullet pointed it, like made it so easy and like just took that extra step to videotape himself. Like it's not that big of a deal. Right. No. But it was something where he took the initiative to stand out, to Ooh. to kind of be more bold than someone else. And I and I like appreciated that. Right. So to me, it's about how do you stand out? Well, if you can't figure out where the pain point is, you could take that initiative. Or you can kind of just be gently remind them that you're there. But why are you like, what is like, why are you asking for that person's help? So it always mm-hmm. depends on what your goal is, right? Like, do you want them to be, do you want them as your guest or do you want to work mm-hmm. for them? Like, what is your goal? I love that. Um, two questions. You speak a lot about, you don't like to think about, you don't like to feel something before you do it because you know that, Hey, chances are after you do it, you'll probably feel great. Um, and you talk a lot about proximity, you know, putting yourself in the right environment where things are happening. You coming from Winnipeg, come on, Winnipeg, Manitoba. I I mean, it's gotta be a highlight for me. I mean, I heard you say it in another intro. I was just like, what? I Googled, I'll be honest. I started Googling that shit like hardcore. I was like, whoa, whoa. Like, is she from Confusion Corner, Osborne Village? Like, is she from, is she from, did she, did she heard of the Palomino on Balmoral or, or, I or do. Down Port of Jazz? Of course, the Colony Square, what? Army Surplus, like, you know. <laughs> How do you know all of that? First of all, I'm from the North End. I'm from Garden City in yep. Winnipeg. Wow. And wow. Yes. Wow. Okay. From, and listen, can I tell you something? Winnipeg has, has breeded a lot of extraordinary people. Let me tell 100%. you. 100%. In fact, I will say, I will tell you, growing up in that type of environment was the best thing that could have happened to me. It kept me level-headed, down to earth, a smaller community that was yep. tight and, and, and tight-knit. I mean, honestly, I live in LA now. I don't think, I mean, I have kids. I would have preferred 
like for my kids to be raised how I was raised, right? Like I do my best here, but my point is it actually, it actually worked out to my advantage. Okay. Give me the quick history on. So your parents like, like lived in Winnipeg and then you, you, do you still have family there? No, now? I live with myself. I was six years old. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, city alone. I, I just need to, cause I'm like, how did you go from Winnipeg to LA? Like how did that transition happen? Well, it didn't happen like it went from um, it went from Winnipeg to Toronto for many years. And then from hey. Toronto, I came to L.A. Yes. And what I did was I had um, did you know, did you ever watch my TED talk on the secret to getting anything you want in life? Yes, I, I, I glimpsed it a little bit. This is correct. Not the whole thing, but yes. OK, well, you need to watch it. because I don't want to okay. bore you with the whole thing. But that sure. is how I ended up initially in Toronto. Um, I was, I actually wanted a job and, um, I, 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 I wanted to job. I wanted a job with much music yes. and cause at the time it was the big, the big thing was to be like a video, just like a VJ for like a video <laughs> disc jockey. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> Master T Rick Campanelli, let's go. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 In the mix. And so that's how I ended up there. But I, when I was living in Winnipeg and I was like a teenager, 18 or 19, I thought I would, my best chance was to get Keanu Reeves to wow. be on my demo. And that would give me a chance to get on uh, the show. And well, the rest is history. So, and so you should go watch it for everybody who's listening, go watch the Ted talk. It's called the secret to getting anything you want in life. But you did get Keanu Reeves on on the on the demo, didn't you? Make that ha happen? I did, of course. Yes, I did, and everyone everyone said I would. It's not possible. Poo pooed me. Thought I was crazy. But again, I, I think a lot. What that taught me that was a super pivotal moment in my life because it mm. taught me that you know that the real path to success isn't about talent or beauty or this or that. It's about being bold. Going after what it, going after what you want, so, yeah. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But at the same time, at least you, at least you, you'll love this Canadian, you know, uh, quote. <laughs> but you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. So <laughs> yeah. you should yeah. take them, right? Like you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. So don't count yourself out without trying. I think a lot of times, um, the truth of the matter is, I think the only difference between people who succeed and people who don't is self-belief though people mm. who succeed had a more belief in themselves to to keep on trying to keep on making attempts they fall they get back up they try again versus mm. people who count themselves out before even giving themselves a try and so i think that again early on very early on in life i made a commitment to myself that i was not going to count myself out without attempting mm. and um I'm okay now. I built up the quality. I built up the resilience to be resilient. Like mm. I, you know, I always tell people that I may have a master's in failing, but I have a PhD in getting back up again. Mm. And you only get that from practice and mm. practice. And you got to make yourself immune to the feeling of failure. And you got to make yourself desensitized to that feeling. So you don't let that that failure stop you from trying again and again and again. And that's really what it comes down to. It comes down to making as many attempts as you can to become whoever it is you want to become or to get whatever that thing is. And a lot of times that thing that you're, you're, you're going for isn't even that thing that you, you find out within the process 
that maybe it's not even that thing that you want, but mm -hmm. another opportunity will present itself on that path that you never even knew existed I by that. going after it and the process. The late Kobe Bryant, since you're in L.A., he said, booze don't block dunks, right? Yeah, right. And I, I find that to be such a great quote because it, it really is irrelevant. You, my friend, I, I, are you gooey on the inside or the outside? Are you like a Skittle where you're hard on the outside, gooey on the inside? I look at like I always look at people's eyes a lot, even in their content or when they're talking, especially you with other interviews and stuff like that. And I see like a, a real big heart, but you're hardcore at the same time. You know, you're hardcore. You are a strong <laughs> ass woman, you know, like. And it's, you know, I, I I think I was raised by a single mom. So for me as a man, I, I do believe in feminine masculine energy. And so I've always been in touch with my emotional side. Like I, I all my friends were girls and then I played football. So I'd be like, yo, man, I was football dude. And I'm like, yo, I just don't, dudes, I just don't want to talk about that. I want to go talk about, like, I'm not joking. I'm like, I just want to talk about shoes. You know, I want to talk about, like, I've been, I st started stealing my sister's facial care products when I was 13 years old. Like I have the best fucking skin as a 12 to 18 year old male you probably ever seen like, no <laughs> no acne right and so you know i'm really in touch with that side where would you lean over to are you are you hardcore are you like well ryan it's a tough world so you know i got my shield on my teflon but you know once i'm mom i i go back to skittle mode like what's up Jen? that's a good question i think <clears throat> when I, I think i'm like a porcupine i think i'm like kind of <laughs> sharp on the outside right? i like that <laughs> But I'm actually like kind of soft in the middle. Like I think that like I I think that I'm like really it's like I'm really sweet. Like I think I'm sweet, but sometimes I come across as like prickly, not intentionally, but I'm very blunt and yeah. straightforward. And people either really appreciate that, but a lot of people also may not because we've been we we're in a I call it like we're in like a very coddle culture. Yes. Uh, generation Ooh. where everyone you know everyone is being coddled Every, everyone is getting a participation trophy Ooh. the language is about being triggered and this and that where mm. i'm like what you see is what you get i'm a straight shooter i'm going to say it how it is i'm going to be blunt i'm going to be honest i'm not going to mince words to me i always appreciate that in people but like i said we've now breeded a bunch of people who are extra sensitive in every way. And so you've got to be extra careful of how you speak. So to those people, I may come across a little bit like hardcore or tough, mm. but at the end of the day, I think mm. that like my, like my heart's it. in the right place, you know? Yes. I love that. You have that one post on your Instagram and I, I, I said, you know, this, 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 this woman, she, she takes what she does seriously, but she doesn't overly take, herself seriously and i and i no. i love that i love that curious childlike because i think you're wearing shorts and you're like man these fucking shorts are short like damn <laughs> you know <laughs> right and so it shows a little bit of your personality where you know it's like you're having fun you know you're curious and i you, you can see i can still see that little you know gen inside you which i think as an adult if you can maintain and retain that i think you've won in life because i do believe success without soulfulness is a, is a largely empty victory i really i really believe that I believe that too, actually. Thank you, though. That's nice. I appreciate that. But um, I love that you're like observant enough to recognize these things. That's a really great quality and a great trait, Brian. So kudos well, thank, to you. Thank you. But, you know, again, how I curate the guests and people I want to talk to in the world is I really try to treat my show not as um, 
this kind of like gateway or intersection of just, okay, let's have this person on and let's have this person on. It's like, no, no, I really want, you know, I really, I want, I want the family to come back home. I want people to feel like, yo, I didn't just get interviewed. I had a conversation with this guy, you know, and, and some guests you click with, of course, some you're like, we'll never probably talk ever again. Um, (laughs) But you know, for the ones that you do click with, I mean, I'm just like, this is, this is worth it. And I think even the audience, when we get feedback from our listeners and stuff, they're like, yo, I could totally tell you guys vibed on that conversation. Like, yeah, it was some gems that you dropped, but that's just like two old friends having a chat. Right. Yeah. I totally agree. It's a hundred percent true. You're right. Like there are people on my, on my show too. It's like, I can't wait for it to be over because this week is so clear that we have no real chemistry as just people. And there are other people I feel like I've known forever and I can like just vibe with them totally. And that's life, right? Like no one's for everybody. And, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Like, I mean, obviously, I think you and I vibe really nicely. And, you know, you're Canadian. I mean, I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> you know what? I lived in Sunny Hill. I, I, I lived, though, for a year, Sunny Hills, Orange County, because I, I come from a big football background. So I, I spent a lot of time in L.A., but, you know, I think, I mean, 18 to 20. Now we do business and stuff once in a while there. And and I hope we can do this chat again, too. I know I got to get you on your way, Jen, but we're coming to, oh, LA yeah. to, to do our to do our tour as well. So, um, oh, you're doing a so, tour. Think, That's so nice. I would love to I would love to actually sit down in, in person with you and, and, and do this again. And you know what? And I don't know. There's a million questions I want to ask you. You got to go. We do vibe. And I agree with that. But do you find when you're interviewing guests, there's a difference between virtual and then meeting them in the flesh and, and sitting down, oh, yeah. you know, in 3D. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big virtual person. I mean, I have to do it with the COVID, but honestly, like you, you, like, obviously you and I are getting along great, but I feel there's something always missing when you're not face to face with someone because like you're yeah. picking up on different body language. Yeah. It's not, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not so, it's not like, it's not so curt, like, you know, like, we get on, we yeah. talk, we hang the phone up with the computer yeah. <laughs> and we're off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just not as like, you know, no. for that reason. No, so there's a part I, in the interview you said, though, you're like, Ryan, I'm just joking with you. And I'm like, Jen, I'm, I don't mean to say you're old. And I'm like, I'm a funny person. I mean, I am. If my energy is if you meet me in person, it's very like I'm I'm vivacious, very boom person you're so very vivacious. I, I, I love i love to joke so if somebody even dare says like ryan you're acting like very like you know suit and tie i'm like whoa that is not the energy that i need to give up i'm i'm a, I'm a cool dude I'm, I'm funky no you are you got a nice way about you you've got a lot of energy you got a very nice uh bubbly personality it's a pleasure actually i'd, I'd be more than happy to sit down with you again when you hear uh, right now, we, what are we, I think it's going to be sometime in, in, uh, I think right now it's slated for January. We're just trying to get some dates. That's what I was asking, um, uh, your, your PR person. There, Demetria. She, she, yeah. She's, she's, um, she knows like, cause we're going to sit down with Melanie Fiona and break some bread there. Cause she's Canadian. It's weird too. Cause I'm like, you're right. There's a lot of Canadians in LA and it's like, Tons. I'm like, like I, I literally sat down. I'm like, you're from Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Like I was so out of this world. When I follow you from Winnipeg, though, I'm like, come on, Palomino, you know, Army know. Surplus, great. like I like totally Osborne agree. Village, Transcona, which has another nickname, which I won't say because I want to upset any Manitobans or or, or, so or Winnipeggers. Yes, but you, exactly. Right. You know right? all of it. Right. Say, I love say Boniface. You. Well, I, I mean, I lived in Winnipeg for a year and I just 
it's just one place I'll never forget. I know I got to get you running. So um, I always ask, you know, everybody, this this last question is, is what can I do for you? Uh, and is there anything you'd like to leave our listeners with? But is there anything I can do for you? Not right now, Ryan, but that doesn't mean that I won't need anything in the near future. Okay. I love that. And can I just get you to say, my name is Jennifer Cohen. I was just on the Ryan Holt Show podcast. My name is Jennifer Cohen, and I was just on the Ryan Holtz podcast. We're so glad you enjoyed this episode of the Ryan Holtz Show podcast. Please don't forget to smash that five-star review as Team Holtz will love you for it. Also, say hi to Ryan anywhere on social media using the handle at Ryan Holtz one That's R-Y-A-N-H-O-L-T-Z, the number one. And if you or your business is looking to expand your brand, book a brand jam with Ryan using the link in the show notes.